Today on the Travel Guys. In the travel news, San Francisco is the first major city to require proof of vaccination at indoor venues, although New Orleans and New York are close behind. And a historic, unique passenger train reopens in the Colorado Rockies. Details next in the news. Here on the Travel Guys, one of our goals is to help make you a smarter traveler when you hit the road or before you leave. Mark spent last week in Chicago at a convention. He had a number of observations and some hotel dining recommendations near O'Hare Airport. I don't know a single traveler who enjoys the fees and surcharges which are added to their travel purchases. At 335, we have a guest from KillResortFees.com. I think it will be a lively discussion. Sounds like the perfect Travel Guys guest. Then before we go, Mark and I have some observations on the safety of travel right now. And we'll have a, take a, a few minutes to salute one of uh, Sacramento's icons and an old good friend of mine. Thank you for being a part of Sacramento's only live radio show dedicated to your travels. Welcome to the Travel Guys. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. to Alaska, go north to Russia's own. Welcome, welcome everyone to another edition of the Travel and Entertainment Guys. Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano with you. Brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Thanks for joining us here on a rather hot, hazy Sunday here in Sacramento. With our fingers crossed and praying for our firefighters and all of those uh, that are working on ridding us of all those fires. Mark, is this what summer is going to look like uh, for how Boy, much for forever? Flying, a, flying back across the country today, where we we took off from Chicago. You know, you fly over Iowa. You can tell it's Iowa because there are no bumps. And uh, we will get back to Iowa in just a second. And then, uh, but by the time you got to the Rockies, couldn't see a thing the whole wow. rest of the way, except for a couple of times over maybe over Nevada where it cleared a little bit. But um, yeah, it's pretty sucky. Got on the plane this morning, and the pilot said in Chicago, he says, uh, of course, it was about. 7.30 in Sacramento, and he says, uh, uh, you know, the weather in Sacramento is 63 right now. And he laughed, and he says, of course, it won't be anything like that when you get there. But <laughs> I'd hey, never heard a truth. pilot ever take that approach before. <laughs> Iowa. Iowa. Iowa was in the news this week. Did You You said you didn't get a chance to see the uh, the uh, Field of Dreams ball game, but uh, look look it up yeah, somewhere. The- you mean the the what I'm was talking about, of course, for our listeners is not the movie itself, no. but the recreation of the Field of Dreams against uh, New York and the uh, and Chicago. Yeah, uh, that was what on Friday I think they did that. Uh, uh, Thursday night. Yeah, Thursday Thursday night, and yeah, yeah the Iowa cornfields. It it was. Uh, to me, and we were in Chicago, so I mean, the you know uh, where they were playing was just a stone's throw away, and the White Sox, of course, were the home team. So this is a travel program, not a baseball show. But let me just say that if you're a baseball fan, that was like one of the 
greatest things that ever happened. The whole lead up to the game, Kevin Costner coming out on the ball field and walking around with a baseball in his hands and giving a field of dreams like speech and the ball players coming out of the cornfield and stuff. If you and then the way the ball game ended up itself, if if you were a baseball fan and you didn't like that, you probably need to go see the doctor because you might not still be breathing. <laughs> Um, that was that was a really 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 cool. Uh, if you've never been to the Field of Dreams, um, it's it's a really neat place. And of course, it was an amazing movie. So, um, and what Kevin Costner said, we started out making a movie about baseball, and then you know took a took a turn and uh, ended up somewhere else. But uh, if you get a chance to go see it, and of course, I understand there may be a game next year. So. Now I understand uh, you. We were talking off air. You have you have been to the Field of Dreams, uh, to that location. Uh, have you taken sports leisure vacationers there? I have, and in fact, we plan on. I'm taking off next month, uh, and plan to visit the Field of Dreams along with the Negro Leagues Museum in Kansas City and a couple other places that we are planning on putting into a baseball tour for next year. That kind of highlights uh, includes the Hall of Fame, includes uh, Gates of Heaven cemetery uh near new york city where a whole bunch of very famous former ball players are have their final resting place uh, we're going to go s- see the where the polo ground stood and where ebbets field anyway it'll be a fun trip next year um, i'm sure you will hear lots more about it and you're going to hear a lot more about uh some of the situations as a traveler i encountered uh in chicago on this trip some some really interesting stuff i hope later in the program Well, before we get to that, let's get to this. At the top of every Travel Guys radio show, we do our best to bring you up to date on the travel news. And with it, here's Mark. Hey, something I forgot last week, and before I forget it this week, too, um, Sports Leisure Vacations is having a tour preview day to talk about stuff for next year. Um, You have to be vaccinated to be able to come. Uh, it's later this month on the 28th at KVIE Studios, uh, I guess a little less than a couple weeks from now. If you're interested in some more details, if you're a, a mature traveler and you enjoy traveling in small groups to cool places on wonderful trips and assuming that this all gets a little better and we're able to go more places safely um, next year, why at the end of September we would love to have you join us or you can call our office after that and get a copy of the catalog and never have to come and stand next to anybody. Anyways, travel news. San Francisco, first U.S. city to require proof of vaccination at indoor venues. Um, that updated health order is, ta- is going to take effect on August the 20th. Uh, New York City tomorrow uh, has a vaccine mandate starts for indoor dining, gyms, and entertainment. That will also include Broadway theaters. So if I will, I will look for attractions and the like in New York City to follow this immediately. I will say by Monday or Tuesday... Probably you will find that almost anything you want to go see as a tourist in New York City that's indoors and involves you being close to other people will probably have some restrictions on it. You're going to have to wear a mask. I mean, that's just the deal. You can still party in one of America's ultimate party towns, says the press release from the New Orleans mayor's office, but with restrictions. Effective Monday. Vaccines or proof of a negative COVID-19 test will be required to enter indoor venues in the Big Easy, including bars, restaurants, gyms, and music halls. This includes the famous French Quarter. So New Orleans, San Francisco, or New York, if you're headed there, unless you're going to play outdoors, um, you better plan on getting tested, I guess, every few days. And either that or just go out and get a vaccine, which seems like a whole lot easier thing to do. Travelers, mm-hmm. it, uh, this uh, says from 
Uh, let's see. Where does this come from? This is from Travel Pulse. It says travelers begin to lose confidence as COVID variants spread. According to the latest monthly Traveler Confidence Index by Travel Again, 61% of travelers feel somewhat less confident about traveling due to the prevalence of the COVID variant. One in 20, that's about 5%, <coughs> says they have canceled the trip. Um, and interesting enough, most of those were business travelers intending to return to the road. 65% of travelers feel at least somewhat less confidence uh, because of the COVID variants. There was another statistic here I wanted to uh, to share. Uh, yeah, it's dropped a little bit. Uh, people are still, I have to tell you, uh, people are traveling. Families are traveling. I was in the O'Hare Airport this morning for the second time in a week. Um, families are traveling. I will also tell you that if you are in an airport, at least in Chicago or Sacramento, you will wear a mask. Um, because there are people coming around, and if you're not wearing one, they will come. I saw it happen twice in Chicago and once in Sacramento today. Um, you have to put a mask on or you'll have to go outdoors. On the airplanes, you are now, when you check in on United Airlines, you are signing a brand new wa- a, a brand new waiver when you check in that says you are promising to wear a mask, and even except when you're eating or, or drinking, and that you promise to put the mask up between bites. I mean, they've gotten very specific, obviously, with a lot of the problems they've had from people on planes. And so now every person is signing off on that before you get on the plane. So there will be no question as to, you know, what you're supposed to be doing. And I will tell you on the aircraft that I was on, flight attendants are very nice. But two or three times they came around and said, you know, sir or ma'am, you need to put your mask up over your nose. Um, you need to put your – somebody came out of the restroom. You need to put your mask back on. Um, why they took their mask off in the restroom, I don't understand that. But anyway uh, – <laughs> It's so, a good place to put it on. You would think, but then uh, uh, maybe of the, of the whole airplane. But the deal is this. At least on United Airlines, on the flight I took today from Chicago, they have covered themselves much better by making certain that uh, people understand before they get on the plane exactly what they're committing to. So I think that will help everyone because I think it will lessen the confrontations and like on the plane. And, again, I just tell you that – if you're planning on getting an air, on an airplane and making a stink about this or something like that, uh, your life is going to change dramatically, and uh, you, you're going to you're going to know a lot of lawyers and a lot of police officers and a lot of things. So really and truly, um, if you're if you're going to make trouble in the sky, I just I, I really the, the airlines are getting smarter now and they're 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 covering themselves so that if you do make trouble, it's it's going to be a lot worse for you than it would have been six months ago. I mentioned in the headlines a historic train. Uh, has reopened in the Colorado Rocky Mountains. This is really cool. There are two uh, cog railroads in the country. They climb up the sides of mountains. One of them is in New Hampshire. Um, this one is at Pikes Peak. And a cog railroad, just so our listeners know, is a train that doesn't go, you know, rolling up the track by the power of the diesel or whatever type of engine that it has. It grabs the tracks. It has these basically claws that grab the tracks and pull you up the mountainside, and then when you're going back down, why they take you down slowly down the mountainside. So this is a 130-year-old railroad. If you are planning on going to Colorado to Pikes Peak, um, it was they were talking about getting rid of this train, but after a three-year closure and a $100 million full-scale reservation uh, renovation where they replaced the trains themselves, the Pikes Peak Cog Railroad is back in action. And it's oh boy, I can hardly wait to get on a train that's going to clog it, <laughs> climb its way up a up a mountain. That for whatever the reason just seems problematic to me. 
Canada there might have been a, a reason why they closed it for 300 years. I don't know. <laughs> Three years. Canada announces a vaccine passport for international travelers. Uh, the country plans to provide vaccine passports to Canadian citizens, permanent residents, and temporary residents living in Canada who are fully vaccinated. Um, that will make it, it easier for Canadian citizens to travel internationally. Um, data reveals top travel destinations, and Americans are spending more on travel than they were pre-COVID. Doesn't surprise me. Everybody missed a year and a half. So Carnival Cruise Lines had some some issues with a uh, one of their cruises that left uh, in the Caribbean. They had uh, 27 people testing positive for uh, COVID-19. They had no issues. Nobody was hospitalized. Um, they were able to uh, to localize it on board the ship. Uh, Carnival has also announced a new policy that requires all guests, even the vaccinated, to wear masks in certain indoor areas um, that has gone into effect for Carnival cruises. So slowly but surely, we're all sort of figuring this out. And that, my friend, is your travel news for today. By the way, uh, we are the Travel and Entertainment Guys. You can check us out at TravelGuysRadio.com. Uh, the stories that Mark talked about and links to our special guests can be found there. Once again, TravelGuysRadio.com. Mark has just returned from a little trip to Chicago, a little convention, and some observations on hotels and dinings and recommendations near O'Hare Airport and lots more. Coming up next, here on The Travel Guys. Yeah, what do you know? It's the Travel and Entertainment Guys. Mark Hoffman over there. Tom Romano over there. We, and brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. How you doing, Mark? I'm welcome doing okay. Back to, welcome back to Sacramento. How was it being out of town for a week? Thank you. It was good. You forgot to mention the third side of this triangle is Luis Aquino, who is over somewhere else. Yes. And, you know, I, we should mention him more often, often too, because... Uh, Luisa basically holds the show together, and mm-hmm. whenever he tells us he's going to take a, a day off on a Sunday, uh, we, we all start to panic a little bit. So Just a, just yeah. a tiny bit, yeah. He's the main man. Bit. He is, he so. is. So I was in uh, Chicago. Well, actually, I was in Rosemont, which is the suburb that's right next to O'Hare, uh, for a week taking care of some travel business. We, got to, we went into Wrigley Field on Monday night, some buddies and I, and... To see the Cubs play, no ball game. Um, got rain. I was the only of the four that Would had been there. Would you go on the wrong night or what? Well, it, it, the game got rained. <laughs> what, what happened was we sat there for two hours, and they thought the weather was going to go south of us. And then they said, uh-oh, it's coming right here, so we're not going to play tonight. And it was kind of cool, though, because the Cubs um, gave us a refund. And the other three guys all got to experience Wrigley Field, and it didn't cost them anything if you don't count the $70 Uber rides in each direction. Uh, <laughs> Where we were, but um, there you go. If, if you're a baseball fan, you ever get a chance to go to uh, to Wrigley, it really is a special place. Let me just tell you, though, there are a lot of seats. It, it was a ballpark that's built 100 years ago, and they've done everything they can to it to make it good for fan comforts, but it still comes up a little bit shy. So it's a, it's a wonderful historic place and a great place to see a baseball game, but creature comforts it's not real high on. So, And besides it's- that... We bought an $8 hot dog. Buddy bought an $8 hot dog. I bought an $8.50 Polish sausage. You know, what was in the the meat, I guess, was okay, but they were served on buns from that were made in 1937. 
<laughs> and good lord, oh, lousy concessions at Wrigley. My goodness. Oh, maybe somebody Ooh. will write the travel guys and tell us what what we were supposed to be eating at Wrigley Field. Quickly, and then we need to move on. Okay. Uh, is I'm not aware. Is Wrigley one of these massive sixty thousand? Old style, really, really big uh, places. No, no, versus... about thirty holds about thirty three, thirty four thousand. Oh, okay. And then, of course, the people that sit across the streets in the houses that have been renovated, so you can sit on the Wrigley roof, as they say. That's a whole oh, okay. ball game. So anyway, right. went to a couple restaurants there. I want to talk a little bit about in in the tourism industry. There is the biggest thing is execution. You know, when it comes time to pull something off and actually do it, can you do it and, and do it well, and make people happy? Uh, make them feel like they good, got good value for their money. The other thing that's big in the tourism industry is recovery. If you do something really bad or something blows up on you, can you get out of it and still have the people that you're serving coming away thinking, well, you know, that, that came out okay. Um, we had such an experience dining at a Morton's restaurant in Chicago, out in, in, in Rosemont. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you, American Express uh, points for the $250 gift card. That's how I treated my buddies and then got to uh-huh. meet a lot of them later in the week. Uh, so, because I can't really afford to go to Morton's on my own. But anyway, uh, so we go to Morton's and things just don't go well. Uh, side orders are not being delivered with the meal and this, there's just a lot of little little issues, you know. And so finally, I, I get up from the table and I go out to the front desk and I just very nicely asked, is there a manager I could speak to? And the manager came up and I said, you know, I followed the Chris Elliott rule, and I used the word disappointment a lot. And I said, you know, I'm really disappointed. This really hasn't come out well. Um, it's kind of starting to get embarrassing. I brought my friends here. We've come here before. Everything was perfect. You're a great restaurant. But gosh. And so the guy what goes, happened? the GM goes and gets this. You talk about the most incredible restaurant recovery I've ever seen in my entire life. Um he goes and gets this bottle of liqueur, and he comes to our table, and he says, now, this is the liqueur, the bottle I served President Bush when he was here in our restaurant a number of years ago. He pours – I don't drink myself, but he pours the other three guys a, a shot, and they are sipping on it, and they're like, oh, well, this is – the guy says it's called liqueur 43, if some of our listeners may have tasted. I had never heard of it before. Uh, one of the guys at the table ordered two bottles uh, from Amazon before he left the, the restaurant. Uh, but anyway – it was. He explained this whole thing, a whole story about the president. He sent the waitress over, one of the servers over, to take orders for dessert. Um, they didn't add it to the bill. We we were leaving. We saw all of these lovely pictures of the president and stuff like that. And he even came over to us and told us other stories about celebrities that had been in the restaurant. By the time we left, we felt like that. Wow. Um, if you ever want to know what recovery looks like in a restaurant, to some customers that are really not very happy. Uh, you know, we weren't screaming and yelling. We were just disappointed, and our disappointment had turned to greatness by the time that we uh, that by the time that we left uh, Morton's there in Rosemont. Great recovery. Uh, the other one is about story restaurant stories about a place called Gibson's. They have a small chain of steakhouses because when you treat your friends, now back to that American Express gift card, you get they have to treat you later in the week. So. Uh, we went out to dinner Friday, uh, last Friday night, Saturday night, one of those nights, and we went to a, little, a place called Gibson's, which is a small chain steakhouse there in uh, the Rosemont area, and uh, really did a wonderful, wonderful job. Amazing service, amazing food. I couldn't give it a higher recommendation. It's called Gibson's. They're mostly in the greater Chicagoland area. They have a couple different named restaurants and other places. Anyway, I just thought the experience at, at Gibson's was really terrific. It's right next to uh, the Doubletree Hotel and the Embassy Suites, which are across from the Stevens Convention Center in Rosemont. 
Let's talk about Embassy Suites while we have just a minute here. Um, man, my customers love that hotel chain. And we've used it a lot in the last 35 years before it became a Hilton prop, uh, uh, chain. It was on a standalone on its own. And I will just tell you, um, the one in Rosemont has really gone downhill. I, I don't want to speak for the whole chain, but there are other properties that have just – Embassy Suites at one time, it was the first of the two-room suite properties with the free breakfast and free cocktails in the evening. And, man, the breakfast in Rosemont was so bad that by the fourth day, we went across to the Doubletree to the restaurant and got breakfast because the free breakfast was so awful. I mean, really, really awful. And – so I, if, you, if you're an Embassy Suites fan and you haven't stayed in one for a while, be careful because some may be pretty good, but yeah. some are in need of renovation or perhaps a bulldozer would be wow. a big help. I mean, things that don't work in the hotel and, and things that are not well-maintained, and this is not the first time I've had this issue um, with Embassy Suites. Our hotel here in downtown Sacramento, our Embassy Suites, very nice property. I want to say that. Uh, a shout-out to them. But as you go around the country, some of these places are starting to show age. So I, I don't recommend the Embassy Suites in Rosemont at all, Illinois, and I would be very careful about booking um, those properties. Okay, so uh, we're not talking about Rosemont, Sacramento area. No. We're talking Illinois. Illinois, by, by O'Hare Airport. There's a large complex, big entertainment yeah. complex out there. The Rosemont folks have figured out that you know there's some tax revenue from people who come from out of town, so they've taken care of it. Well, you know, you got to be concerned. Uh, you know, breakfast, in my opinion, uh, shouldn't be one of those things that uh, is that difficult to get right. Most and of it, those free breakfasts are throwaways. That's just my own personal opinion. I mean, you would throw them away? I would never. I don't eat at them. I don't eat at them. <laughs> well, it, it, it takes a special. The thing with most of them is they're sort of like buffet style. Buffet style. And the sausage tastes like the the bacon, and the bacon tastes like the egg. There the was egg no bacon like at the, the Embassy Suites. That that would oh be another God. thing. We don't even want to go there, but no bacon. So Okay, coming up after the news break, we're hopefully going to have a, a special guest. We're going to talk about how to kill those resort fees. I don't think there's anybody that wants uh, to do that anymore. Here on The Travel Guys. Hey there, my friends. Welcome. It's Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano, the travel and entertainment guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations here every Sunday from 3 to 4. If you're a new listener, thanks for joining us. And remember now, if you want to find out more about the travel guys uh, and gather some information to make you a smarter traveler, also some just entertaining stuff, as well as links to our special guests can be found at Travel Guys Radio. Dot com And uh, by the way, if you're ever on the road and you want to catch the Travel Guys live while uh, you're out of the area, pretty much anywhere in the world, you can do so by going to, uh, well, TravelGuysRadio.com. Uh, you can go to KFBK.com. You'll find us there on their stream, as well as, of course, iHeartRadio. Just uh, click on KFBK, and, and there we are. I, while we're All waiting right. for our for our guest here, Tom, I wanted to just throw in a couple of of observations about about travel. The restaurants I were in was in in Chicago, packed to the max. Um, no masks for diners, masks for servers. Um, in the greater Chicago area, outdoors, um, virtually nobody is wearing a mask. In in the in the heartland, 
um, this COVID is over. And, and unfortunately, COVID isn't over, which is one reason that some of them are having some real serious problems right now as they try to figure out how to, to navigate through this, this new stage of the, uh, of the virus. But it, the, airports were, the, air, the airport is full. Planes are full. Restaurants are full. People are traveling. It's obvious that um, they're willing on some level to take a little bit of risk. Let me ask you. You've been very conservative. You're a man who enjoys traveling. I've known you for a while. You like to go places. Um, you know, is it's, how is that going to uh, impact you? Well, here again, it's already impacted me. Uh, we were we did a little bit of travel uh, back when you could get on a plane that had the center seat open, and so we took advantage of that and felt self safe traveling to San Antonio, Texas, to see. Uh, to see our youngest, but since then we uh, here again we are extremely extremely conservative about this, and we have just chose to kind of you know go back about three four months when when things were people weren't vaccinated, and we wear our masks. We have pretty much sworn off of travel in by by plane. Uh, we're hoping that things will will improve over the next uh, three or four weeks. We've already decided our next trip to San Antonio very well may be a road trip. So here again, uh, I'm very happy to hear what San Francisco is doing. I really feel that Sacramento and Northern California, or for that matter, California in general, should go back to wearing masks in grocery stores, wearing masks in all indoor situations, uh, I'd be curious to see where the concert venues and sporting events are going to go. I'm hoping it's going to be vaccines only. Uh, you know, the there's a lot of places that are saying testing is no longer an option. You either have to have the vaccine or don't come in. So, you know, uh, that's where I am. Well, and, and I can certainly understand that. And, Luis, I've sent you a text uh, with some instructions of how to connect with our guest there. She's having a little bit of trouble getting through. So um, if you can can give her a shot, I would sure appreciate it. Um, and we're going to um, talk a little bit about I, – Tom, I am, really am in the same boat as you. It made me nervous being in a restaurant the other night with a whole lot of people because I'm like, you know, none of these people are wearing masks. And I know some of these people are not vaccinated. Now, I have been. So I trust the vaccine, but, you know, I just, those are situations that I, I kind of, like when we're taking people and we're traveling, we're trying to pick places that, you know, are still playing by the social distancing rules a little bit and or going at an off time when there wouldn't be a lot of other diners, things of, of that sort. So that's how we're trying to, uh, um, to all make that work. So, um, In just a short while, we should be talking with, uh, with our special guest about resort fees. And uh, one of the things that I wanted to ask you, Mark, was you just uh, came back from a, a visit to Chicago and uh, stayed at, what'd you say, an Embassy Suites? Uh, what's the re- what was the resort fee situation? Uh, well, Embassy Suites, um, fortunately, they have a lot of competition around there, around the airport in Chicago. You know, folks who have, have been there or been stuck or done business there know that there are dozens of, of folks there that can, I mean, dozens of hotels there. And so there are a lot of choices and a lot of places to stay. Most I haven't run into a place around the Chicago airport. Good question. Um, that is charged any kind of a, of a, uh, a sort of a fee. All right, we have on the phone with us now um, Lauren Wolf, who is from KillResortFees.com. Welcome, Lauren. Thanks for having me. 
Hey, thank you very much. Uh, when we found out about your website a few weeks ago, uh, we here at the Travel Guys have a, a list of things that we really don't like. And at the top of that list would be resort fees and other ticky-tacky little you know, garbage fees that come by different names than resort fees, but that hotels have found out a way to, to hack on. Tell us a little bit about the website, how it got started. Yeah, so I stayed at a hotel in Key West, Florida with my family, and I paid $400 in advance online through a third-party booker, and it said, you know, paid in full. I showed up at the hotel, and they said, you need to pay an extra $20 a night to get the key to the room. And I thought, I paid $400 for this hotel room. This is the most expensive hotel room I've ever paid for in my life. I understand it's the peak season. I was at Key West, but... You know, $400, you would think that the whole room, right, would be covered with that. No, it was not. And I had to give $20 to get the key to my room. So I'm a lawyer. I'm from Washington, D.C. I know how politics work. Uh-huh. And I said, you know, we got to, this cannot be legal. Like, what is going on here? And so I really looked into it and now made it basically my job to um, fight this fee. I've joined with Travelers United. Um, and with them, I've been doing a lot of advocacy work against resort fees and um, have sued uh, MGM Resorts International for not just charging deceptive resort fees that we think are totally illegal, but also for charging them in the pandemic when none of the services advertised were offered and for charging them on comped rooms. Ah, so so see, you... Oh, yeah, She's already hit know, on a couple things from my list here, Tom. By the way, we I've, should tell. Let's tell our listeners that um, the the website is killresortfees.com. There's no spaces there, all one word. So if you want to take a look at it here while you're uh, while you're going along with us, or we'll put a link to it at travelguysradio.com for those who are busy right now. Yes, Thomas. Yeah, I was just going to say I have had a lot of comps over the years, and that's one thing they always do. It's comp, uh, but of course you pay the resort fee of. You know, 35, 40 bucks, particularly like in Vegas. You know, Vegas is always good. If you like to gamble, if you ever paid for a room, you're nuts. What? They, they, they'll hunt you down and yeah. give you a free room so you can come and give them your money. Uh, but, but they will always uh, want that resort fee. Well, Lauren, the thing I guess that maybe is perhaps the most aggravating to some of us who travel is that uh, resort fees have turned into destination fees and uh, facility fees and, uh, you know, fee fees and fees for everything that you can think of. And as you said, they're, they're not always revealed ahead of time. Uh, so you think you're paying one price and you get there. I mean, this has been the big Travelers United deal over the years, as you know, with the airfares, is that you, you see an advertisement, they advertise an airfare, that should be what you pay. So to your point exactly. that checking into a hotel that should be what you pay. And the resort fee, you know, it's funny, a few years ago when resort fees per- first popped up, Marriott would waive the resort fees for their highest-end travelers. I That's where I've hung my hat for years, and so I, I know that with Marriott. Um, but after a couple of years, uh, that stopped even for their frequent travelers. It was There was no more waiving of the resort fees anymore, which can be, in Las Vegas, sometimes the resort fee is more than the cost of the darn hotel room. Yep. That is very true, especially at properties like the Excalibur and other budget properties in Las Vegas. Actually, probably most of the time, other than on weekends or surge events, the resort fee is higher than the price of the hotel room at hotels like that. 
So, well, how, go ahead, Tom. I was going to say, walk us through where you see this going and how long it's going to take in regards to resolving and killing resort freeze, my friend. Yeah, so there's a lot of different um, ways to fight this. First of all, in my opinion, as a lawyer who works on consumer protection, resort fees already are illegal existing, according to existing state laws. And those state laws are in every state. You know, Nevada has them. Washington, D.C. has them. Nebraska has them, etc. So Nebraska, um, you know, is in charge of enforcing their own state laws about deceptive advertising, as is Washington, D.C. The attorney general is in charge of it. The attorney general for Nebraska is suing Hilton, saying that the resort fees violate state consumer protection law. In Washington, D.C., the attorney general here is suing Marriott for violating D.C.'s consumer protection laws. With Travelers United, I'm suing MGM Resorts International for violating, again, D.C.'s consumer protection laws. So, you know, it seems that these attorney generals themselves are taking it upon themselves to fight these fees, and you can too. All you have to do is file a consumer complaint with your attorney general, and it's highly likely that your attorney general will force the hotel to refund you because the attorney generals have already started to get into this action. Oh, so what it should be dealing with this. Hmm? How what an interesting note that that some of this stuff might not be legal, and that there might be, if you're willing to jump through enough hoops, a little bit of a way around it, even right now. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I never pay a resort fee. Uh, I tell all my friends not to pay them, and I tell all of them to just file a consumer complaint with their attorney general. And um, if anyone has a problem with it, let me know. I The only state I know that's not doing this is Nevada. So if you're going to Nevada, um, you know, just you can file in the state that you're going to. Like if you're from Washington, D.C., but you're going on a trip to Vegas, you know, you have the option of filing in Nevada or in Washington, D.C. And I would say you should file in Washington, D.C. because the attorney general here is clearly taking action on it. Whereas I've heard from a few people that in Nevada, surprise, surprise, um, if you look at basically the campaign donations to the politicians in Nevada, <laughs> MGM Resorts International is generally uh, number one or two for pretty much every politician in the uh. state. Ah, uh, Lauren, Lauren, it, 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 when it comes to politics, you get what you pay for. So, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Listen, let me let me ask you here. Um, we, we can kind of see your goal is to remove the, re, the resort fees. Um, it maybe helps at this point in time that we no longer have someone in the White House who's a hotelier. Last time I checked, the current president doesn't have any connections to hotels. So trying to get something like this undone with a president who owns a lot of resorts who charge these fees – would have been a little bit difficult. Um, do you think there is a chance that this could head with all of these attorneys general? Some of this stuff has been going on for a while now. Um, as we wrap up our interview here, do you do, what do you see in your crystal ball in the foreseeable future? Do you think there will be will there be a day when there's a tipping point and the and the hotels just give up because they see the writing on the wall, or is there too much money involved for that to happen? I think there's too much money. There's literally billions of dollars at stake here, and hotels have think that they can get away with it because of the political power that they have in Washington and in their state legislatures. The American Hotel and Lodging Association is their lobbying group, and they are pushing the ability for hotels to charge resort fees as much as possible. 
Again, all the consumer groups think that these are illegal and that you should fight these fees. It's not the same as a baggage check. You know, if you don't check a bag, you don't pay that. For resort fees, it's totally different. It should be part of the mandatory rate. For now, I think what's going to happen is the D.C. case from the attorney general here is moving forward. They've been working on discovery, and there should be a result from that case, hopefully within the year. It'll be really interesting to see what happens there. But I think what's likely is that, you know, there's potential for there to be potentially something like people from D.C. won't be charged these fees <laughs> because I think that the hotels will fight to charge them to as many people for as long as they possibly can. Yes. Um, and until all the attorney generals take action, that won't happen. They could also potentially introduce a bill in Congress. We introduced it in the last session. Um, we can try and get another bill forward. We've been, you know, talking about that. Um, but, we, you know, there's a multi, multi-front multi here. Also, there can be a class action lawsuit from people that aren't working from a nonprofit or the attorney general suit. Class actions can end this type of behavior as well. Lauren, so there's a Lauren. lot of different fronts. Lauren, let me let me let me let me just tell you that we we will it's killresortfees.com is the name of the website. So you can go there and take a look around and we will have you back um, down the road. We'll, we'll, we're going to keep an eye on this now that we know that we have an advocate, uh, a specific advocate. And also we got Charlie and his gang over at Travelers United in with you. So you got a chance. I mean, they, they've they've Travelers United and their friends have pulled off things like this before. So I really thank you for your time today. And uh, for the information you've shared, and again, www.killresortfees.com is where you can find some information. And we'll have uh, Lauren Wolf back later on in the year as we see more developments on this, and maybe we'll have some positive news. Lauren, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for having me. Well, okay. Uh, there you go. All right. Coming up next here on the trap. There's hope. Yeah, there is hope. I'm pretty excited to. Uh, about the whole thing, I I wanted to ask her, but well, we'll find out. Uh, uh, you know, email or whatever. She said, "I never pay resort fees." Uh huh. And and I I wanted to know is that because she just doesn't pay them? Here's your bill. Uh, I will just take that thirty five dollars off. Well, I think she pays or, them, or and she... then she writes her attorney general, the attorney general yeah, for that go. state, and says, "This isn't Perhaps. legal. You need to refund this," and they give it back. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. All right. uh, Coming up here after the short break, observations on the safety of travel. Right here with the Travel Guys. Don't forget now, TravelGuysRadio.com links to our special guests. You want to find out more about uh, the KillResortFees.com. A link to that can be found there as well. All right, Mark, let's uh, take a couple of minutes here before the end of the program and talk about... uh, about travel, safety well, of travel. And, How and are you I, feeling about it? I want to mention uh, uh, one thing, Tom. I know that um, I got a, a note from one of our travelers that said, "Will you please talk about how where to get a home uh, COVID test so that if you're one of those folks who isn't vaccinated, or even if you are and you're going someplace that even if you're vaccinated requires that you test beforehand." So next week here on the Travel Guys, we will take a a whole segment of the show and talk about where you can get. Uh, what some of the most reliable home tests are, and you've got, you know, it's kind of a 72-hour window, plus what happens if you're over a holiday weekend, and, you know, your trip leaves on the day after Labor Day, and 
Friday is the last work day, and gosh, that's not 72 hours before. So you're going to need probably some folks are going to need home tests and stuff. And as people get serious about going places, and we know we have some folks who are not vaccinated who are probably still going to try to travel somewhat. So we'll talk about that um, next week here on, on the program. And just know, uh, again, based on my experiences this week, you know, if, if you I think it's reasonably safe to travel right now. I feel very comfortable traveling because I've been vaccinated and I wear a mask, obviously, on an airplane in an airport. It's a pain in the rear end, but I do it anyway. Um, I wore a mask into the restaurants we talked about the other night and uh, earlier in the sh- in the show, even though virtually there were virtually nobody else in the restaurant wearing them except the four of us at our table. And once we'd ordered and our food came, you know, we took them off. Uh, it, it's. You, you need to practice good COVID protocols. If you're going to travel, you need to make sure that you have a mask or a couple of masks. You need to be you, you need to wash your hands all the time. You're touching a lot of surfaces that a whole lot of people are touching when you're traveling. So washing your hands constantly and getting out the wet wipes and stuff all the time, those are just the way of the world right now. But I think if you do those things, you try your best to stay away from groups of people or being in enclosed spaces for a long period of time where you're unprotected, I think it is reasonably safe. To travel right now i felt very comfortable well all right well good for you uh you know uh there's some great advice in there and i hope people will will latch on to it and uh i want to take a couple of minutes here before the program wraps up to talk about uh randy paragary you may or may not have heard uh, randy paragary passed away uh over the weekend uh randy had, was 74 and started his career as a restaurateur, oh gosh, 30 plus years ago. Uh, first, first place he had was a little bar at 30th and R Street in downtown. It was uh, called the Parapau Palace Saloon. And uh, Randy started it with a buddy of his, Pat Powers, thus the name, Parapau Palace Saloon. Uh, I had a little band out of Modesto, and we were looking for a place that would... Uh, Grant us the opportunity to play original music, and which I think speaks to Randy as the kind of guy that would have a club where you could come in and play what you want, play wow. your own stuff. And so anyway, we got to know Randy uh, back in 1969, 1970, when he started his career there. And when I came to Sacramento to do radio in the early 70s, we uh, we stayed in touch. And I've like a lot of people have watched Randy's career blossom, uh, the number of restaurants that he was able to open, uh, his entrepreneurial spirit, the number of people that worked for him, uh, that he mentored, that went on to open restaurants here in the Sacramento area. I guarantee you'll be seeing it all over the news. Uh, you'll be reading about it. Most people don't realize uh, how many people that Randy Paragary touched. Uh, it's amazing how many people either knew him or certainly had an acquaintance in one way or the other. So uh, we're all sorry to hear about the uh, the loss of uh, a Sacramento icon, that's for sure. Uh, the reporters in the Sacramento, Marcus and, and Benji, put it very well yesterday, I think. He achieved his success by being brilliant but not arrogant. He was tough but not mean. He was passionate about his work. He tried to branch out in San Francisco, and that didn't work. He just got more successful in Sacramento. So uh, farewell to Randy Paragary, truly a, a Sacramento icon. All right, my friends, that's wrapping up another Travel Guys radio program. Uh, next week, we'll be here to make you a smarter traveler. 
Uh, anything special next week people should be listening for, Mark? Those home COVID tests we're going to uh, tackle next week on the Travel Guys. And in the meantime, dance like nobody's watching. All right, my friends, thanks for joining us today. You have a great rest of your weekend. Stay well. We'll see you next time right here on the Travel Guys.